the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. We recognise their enduring connection to this land, their culture and their ongoing contribution to these regions. We also recognise and pay respect to the Elders past, present and emerging of the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal nations. May we all continue to learn from and support their rich cultural heritage and work towards reconciliation and mutual respect with Australia's First Nations people. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Aubrey's lining up for an 81-yard field goal. He was kicking him in pregame and he was making him from 83. No way. I hope it's someone who gives Taylor shit. Aussie? I've got another one here from at Fish and Chigs. I actually <laughs> just saw you take him in content league, so I know you're full of shit. Yeah. Just to keep him away from a douchebag like you. NFL? Tay Eaton just bags of assholes for the next three weeks. They put up one like, mediocre game and you're like, oh, fuck this guy. Foreskin from here all the way down to your ankles, mate. It is dripping with foreskin. Fantasy. I'm on the shit part of the shit part. No, pretty well, yeah. It's just like if an, an asshole had an asshole. You get penis pills. You get penis pills. Everybody gets penis pills. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. What? When you said what end, all I pictured was him eat the asshole end. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show in the week of Christmas. Eh? Christmas? Okay, that was bad. It's semi-final week and uh, we've all got semi-erections. Also bad. Okay, moving on. This is the, the the show that Australia comes to and some other places for all their great fantasy advice. Of course, you got me. I'm Maddie C. And straight up, I want to welcome... Manjot Melly, the voice of Australian Gridiron, back to the show. Mate, it's good to have you back for a second week in a row. Great to be back, boys, for the second week in a row. Honestly, this week, I'm very excited. Uh, I have something special after the pastry that might can be cancelled as well. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. It's going to be something very fun. Very excited for it. And honestly, if my dark humour doesn't come off well, then I'm going to get cancelled, boys. So here we wow. go. Wow. Well, with that, then, I feel like I should introduce the person who I'm pretty sure is going to get cancelled most weeks we put him in front of a live microphone. It's only Australia's finest fantasy analyst, Taylor Goodall. Mate, are you going to contend for the cancelled cup? Mate, I'll push the boundaries more than Glenn Maxwell when he's fucking playing in the World <laughs> Cup, mate. I, I Look, I was, I was with you. I, even though you hated your own uh, erection jokes and all your jokes that you did at the start, mate, I was completely yeah. on board. So, look, mate, I'm, I'm nothing but a boundary pusher. And to, to watch Manjot just, you know, set his career on fire here, it's going to be great. I'm getting <laughs> the popcorn out and uh, we're ready to go. Hey. Hey, how about that? Okay, Manjot, you got nothing but undying support <laughs> watching you pretty much throw yourself over a bridge. Uh, can't wait. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, and on the way, of course, tonight, we've got the pastry performers, and also we're going to go and dive into the standings for the G'day Gridiron versus the uh, the NFL Fantasy Show, guys. Every week, that thing takes turns and twists, and then by the end of the week, it kind of doesn't look like it's taken as many turns and twists as it has, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to recapping that. And then Manjot's clearly got something planned, and I cannot wait for that. So you're going to hang around for that, and the industry, we call that a tease. Fellas, also later in the week, we've got the Doctor coming back. We've got our starts of the week. This week's starts of the week was fantastic. I'm looking forward to recapping that later in the week. It's a big show. God, it's the best time of year, isn't it? 100%. Fantasy playoffs, baby. Fantasy playoffs. playoffs. All right, before we kick off, though. Yeah, yeah, we we say playoffs, but before we kick off, man, have you got a uh, have you got a fantasy playoff story from this week just gone? 
about whether you had success, whether you ate dirt. Have you got just one tale from your fantasy life in the playoffs? I I would say, you know, it, it was a sad end to my shotgun team. I did ah. last week. I got to fill in the viewers. Got to fill in the viewers because after we recorded last week, it yep. turns out the Dolphins' defense didn't actually cost me a playoff spot because what happened was my opponent had Jared Goff. And as everyone knows now, Jared Goff was statistically assigned a fumble after waivers cleared. So I essentially won my matchup off that. After losing by one point, I won by one point. So I lost by point one of a point, shall I say. Now I win by point, like 1.9 points after that. Ooh. So I'm in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I go down in the playoffs, but that was probably my favorite fantasy story is just making the playoffs in such a tough league, 20 teams, you know, $500 on the line, everything on the line. I thought, you know, for certain, uh, I was not going to make playoffs. Just making it was great. I know I lost Herbert by the end of it, but, you know, that's just the price I had to pay to make it in, just losing Justin Herbert, but... You know, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun making it. Also, winning in the Astro League playoffs before Adam got a win was pretty good as well. Yeah, you get one. You get one. <laughs> yeah, someone, sorry. In chat, someone in the chat decided to uh, let Adam know about that. I'm, I don't know who it was. <laughs> I know you said one, but I had to take the shot at Adam. So, so it's like This is why I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, man, John, that if you're going to overstep a line, overstep it and kick Adam in the nuts. I love it. <laughs> That's what we do best. Why not? Why not? <laughs> that's not why I'm getting cancelled today, guys. Don't worry. No, no. That's, you're getting celebrated for that, mate. There'll be a plaque with your name on it written somewhere. Hey, um, Tay, have you got a playoff story for us? <laughs> so, during the last two weeks, I've, I've kind of brought up with you guys my injury luck in the Kelly Cup. So, the Kelly yes, Cup, sir. for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, my brother's league. And I've actually had quite a good year. I was in with a chance of getting a bye and I'm just missing it and getting third. Uh, team had gone – I drafted really, really well in that league. I, I drafted Tyra Kill, Keenan Allen. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I, I lost Joe Burrow. And I'm like, you know what? But, you know, lost Joe Burrow in a couple of leagues. But it was a, a super flex, and I thought, all right, well, you know, I can handle that uh, as long as that's the only thing that happens. Well, uh, go back – I go forward two weeks. Uh, I decided to lose – Isaiah Pacheco, Keenan Allen, Alexander Madison, Rish- oh. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, and Tyreek Hill. I sent you guys a screenshot and the league of my perfect yeah. masterpiece of a bench of uh, five straight outs of those guys just sitting on my bench. And the thing is with this league, there's just there's almost like worse waivers in this league than there even is in Astro, even though it's twelve teams, because we have such big benches. Yeah, uh, we've got like a I think it's a one, two, three, seven, seven bench. bench. Yeah, there you go. Yes, it just makes it really hard to find anyone in waivers. Uh, so like I, I had no chance. Like I boys, I had to start Wondell Robinson to Marcus Robinson. Deontay Foreman, who had minus yards, shout out fucking a Michael Jackson impersonation, moonwalking at <laughs> fucking minus six yards. Uh, oh, I had flaccid Flacco, and he was my top scorer. Shout out flaccid. So wow, uh, yeah, look, it was a it was a tough ending. Uh, I, I had a really good year in that league, but in the end, like it doesn't matter how good like you feel like you've had in terms of like your picks and your draft. 
if you get that kind of injury like at the end of the year, you, there's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, uh, shout out to a missed opportunity in Kelly Cup, but I'll be uh, back and rearing to go next year. Can, can I just quickly flash back to week one, Taylor, and say, hey, Tay, you're going to have a playoff team which has like Joe Flacco as its number one scorer <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in week 15. <laughs> It wasn't just Joe. Side Joe Flacco was one of my quarterbacks. I had Drew Locke as my other one because I basically had to pair him with Geno, and and even that was an absolute mind fuck trying to work out who was yeah. starting. Yeah, like, watching I, you and Manjot going minute by yeah, minute like, through his pregame, deciphering the fucking messages. That's uh, amazing. Oh man, and I I gotta say just just to digress there, Taylor. Uh, I hadn't told you guys this, but I was actually driving back from Sydney when this was all happening. So I was on like the shittest internet in the world. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I had the stream of the game on in like a picture in picture. I had Twitter on. So I was like, I had to work it out. And then when Joe Buck finally said Drew Locke is starting, like he was so certain of it. I was like, all right, thank God. I'm just going to trust the commentator there and just go Drew Locke. Even though if he's not Adam Schefter, uh, Ian Rappaport, I'm still going to go with him. So, yeah, and, it was a really weird time, wasn't it, Tay? And my piece de resistance in this league, starting Taysom Hill as one of my flexes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, uh, that's basically how that team ended up <laughs> with all those injuries. Absolutely Fuck unbelievable. Me. Like That's the kind of options you have in that league if you lose guys. So... Yeah, losing you can you can handle one or two, but five. Like it was just one of those things, right? It was like, oh, I'm going to be really struggling at running back because I'm without Pacheco uh, and and Stevenson. I pretty much knew that quickly, and I'm like, all right, well, I can piece it together as long as I got my receiving core. Oh, Keenan Allen's out. Okay, I'm really screwed here. But as long as I've got Tyreek, Tyreek's out. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it's like, oh uh, yeah. And then I, like I said, I knew Madison was going to be out too. It was just a clusterfuck of injuries. But that's what it is. Like if you, if you get that many injuries in one any league, you you're, you're going to be screwed. I think that the impressive thing though about it all is that you know, so Flacco not only not in the league. But there was just no appetite for him. So to tell you in week one, by the way, this is what your playoff team is going to look like. You're going to have to start Joe Flacco and you're going to feel good about it. Um, yeah, I think that's... You were on the couch in week one, Matty. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You're gonna, you would have been like, huh? He would, we would have been on my fantasy team. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, Taylor would have um, thought I was on the Disco Biscuits, mate. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You'd be on some sort of crack at that point. 100%, mate. So, look, that's the, the way of the world, I guess, at this time of year. I mean, we went through a process last week where Manjot and I are in 16-team league playing in the semifinal. Manjot's first trip to the finals in this league. And we pretty much just went in and played as much keepings off as we can. Um, someone released Justin Fields to the wild. We already had Stafford and Russ just as options for quarterback. And we ended up having to pick up Fields just to make sure no one else picked up Fields to try and keep the pool of quarterbacks who was still alive, light, but it meant it's a four-man bench and we had two quarterbacks on our bench and a starter. So it was just kind of unprecedented times in terms of the things sometimes you got to do to try and make sure that you um, put yourself in the best position. And as it was, we only really won because McCaffrey scored 40 points in the way our league scores. And, you know, everyone else on our team laid an egg. Everyone on Jolio's team laid an egg. Like, it, it, was, it was a shite week and the only shining light on that was was McCaffrey and we happened to own him. So we realized we skated through on that one. And next week we get the prize that keeps on giving. It's facing Brendan in the playoffs who has made the playoffs seven times, has been to the grand final 
seven times. So like we actually have to write some history here to beat him in a playoff game that's not a grand final. Can I just say though, I actually think he's the best matchup for you. Well, I, yes. I get it. I get the pedigree. Yes. I, I know what Manjot was saying. Like I understand it. But in in these like fantasy is year by year. You know what I mean? Like you you have to look at his team for what it is, and he has the most beatable team, I believe. I'm not trying. Hundred percent. And I promise, I'm not trying to jinx you guys. I'm just calling it how I see it. Like if yeah. I was just yeah. like you know, look at everyone's matchups like I've done in the past and, and pick, like I would only be blinding, blindly picking based off the players I see and matching them up. I, I'm i just saying I would be picking you guys because I honestly think roster to roster, you guys have the better team right now. And uh, again, I'm not trying to jinx here and I, I understand like Brendo just has this knack of just being able to win these games. So I'm not saying he's no chance for anything out, like, out there. Oh no, I'm just, he's going to lay 150. We all know that. <laughs> If I was just blindly <laughs> ranking your guys' teams, I believe you guys are set up for success this week. Yeah, but Manjot and I discussed that this week too. We're going for floor, aren't we, this week, Manjot? Because we, we yeah. kind of feel like we're the leader and we don't need to chase and it will be okay and we just, as long as we're not cocky about it. Fields is a great start this week, by the way. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, me and Maddie were all over that. We're like, yeah, 100% got to go with Fields this week. 100%. No question. No. So, yeah, and I guess that's the the lesson here and why this was a good place to start is that your playoffs aren't the regular season. It, there is no tomorrow. The loser leaves the island, and it means you have to do some fucking weird shit just to get by. So embrace the weird shit because it is truly every, every week this sport is a one-week sport, but it's a one-week sport in a completely different way in the playoffs. So I guess that's the takeaway from that. Hey, fellas, my favourite part of the week it's time to put in the pastry drop. Hey. They're so sweet and fresh. Really? Yeah. Thanks for calling pastries. <laughs> Thanks for calling pastries. Pastries, pastries. I got all my pastries. Pastries, pastries. We get them while they hot. We get them while they hot. We get them while they hot. I got all my pastries and I got them while they hot. Pastry, pastries. Ah, love that drop. Manjot, it is time for the week 15 pastries in a weird week. Our fantasy team struggled and we only had one good player, so I kind of feel like he may turn up somewhere. But I need to know, who wins the pastries in week 15? Oh, man, so many pastries this week to give out. Oh, where do I start? I'll start with defense first, just try and get the the non-fantasy guys out of the way. I'm going to give this week's one. To none other than Bradley Chubb of the Dolphins. Had seven tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles. Helped the Dolphins' defense be the highest-scoring player on my shotgun team this week with 24 points. They had 26 in one of my other sleeper leagues to really carry me there over the line as well. So, yeah, Dave did some really heavy lifting for me in fantasy this week. So, shout-out Dolphins' defense. I totally didn't roast you last week. But cost at all. That never happened. But, you know, this week, you guys were really carrying me. Yeah, you didn't give me any shit at all, did you, Manjot? No, I did not. No, sir. <laughs> no way. So you're with me. You heard him just giving glowing reviews about the Dolphins' defense last week. Oh, sure did, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, latest from the newsroom. Defensive Bradley Chubb, hard to go past that, mate. He was everywhere. For me, no complaints this week about the Dolphins' defensive performance. So, yeah, fantasy football time, fantasy playoffs time. It obviously calls for 
your best players to step up whenever they're needed. And for us, especially in the Astro League, Christian McCaffrey stepped up with a 42-point yeah, performance this week. And look, honorable mention as well to James Cook. He's been on absolute tear yeah. fantasy recently. He put up 36 points this week in fantasy. I honestly thought James Cook, he's one of the best value fantasy players right now. He's just been absolutely killing it. And for the price that you drafted him, eighth, ninth, eighth or ninth round, like, he's been absolutely cooking in the playoffs. So, honestly, if you got him and you're still alive and he's still putting up that good of performance, then 100% you'd be happy. Same goes for Sam Laporta as well. I mean, this dude was like 14th round or something in fantasy this year. I picked him up by accident in a few leagues just because I forgot to select a tight end before, like, the kicker defense run. So, I literally, like, just picked him up then. And he's, like, going off in the playoffs. So, look, let me just say, it's a real good time if you picked up some of these cheap guys to really say, hey, I'm really owning some real good value in the playoffs. I'd be wow. interested to know how many people who drafted James Cook still have it. <laughs> like, it'd be interesting to know because I'm not saying that he was ever like a full drop candidate, but he would have been in a lot of trades. Like, a lot of people yeah. would have packaged him. I think he got moved like six times in the league that me and uh, uh, Isaac are in because – you just kept taking shots on him and then the, the same old shit would happen with their offensive coordinator <laughs> where they'd get to the goal line. He'd basically be used between the 20s and then all of a sudden it's just fucking lumbering Latavius Murray just coming out like, or it's Josh Allen stealing it. Like it was just, ne- he was never used. Whereas the OC change has kind of changed his entire season. They're just using him way more. And I think they decided that we're going to use this guy because I think we need a run game to balance our offense out. So yeah, I think that was awesome. And then Laporta is like literally tight end one on the season. It's it's absurd. In, in, yeah. in scoring, some scoring formats, he's literally tight end one on the year as a rookie. It's yeah. absolutely absurd. Really, really is. It's just been such a weird year for these sorts of things too. And it's like you don't necessarily forget these things, I guess, but sometimes you just forget to remember maybe that, well, James Cook was a terrific college running back and he's – Cut from the exact same cloth as Dalvin Cook, for fuck's sake. That, like, And he was a must-start league-winning running back for years. And there's no reason to think, given the volume and a half a decent opportunity, that um, that he would not be the same. So it's just, yeah, sometimes we just forget to remember. Absolutely. Somehow he didn't get moved once in Astro League either. Yeah, there wasn't not a lot of trades in Astro this year. They're no. Really like, I, I did guys. a lot less than I normally do, but I still think I probably did about 80% of them. <laughs> like, it was, uh, I only did like five or something, which is way lower than I normally do, but there really wasn't many else. Like, there just wasn't a year where a lot of people felt like moving pieces. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite quiet, in fact. Yeah. Uh, we only managed to do just that one as well, Manjo. There was that one that... Taylor blew up about us trading Minshew and Elliot for Stafford. And, oh, Taylor, he was pissed, hot pissed about that. Anyway, sorry, digression. <laughs> we'll go back to that later on. We're partway through the pastry performance. Yeah, no, just, yeah. No, try and get through the pastries quickly because I know everyone's waiting for me to get cancelled in about <laughs> five minutes. So, look, um, I know James Cook was just an honorable mention there, but I'm going to give him the offensive pitch perform of the week this week. He was just absolutely incredible. 
against the Cowboys. 25 carries, 179 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He was just absolutely everywhere against Dallas. I mean, I don't think Dallas was able to, like, think that, hey, if we hold Josh Allen to under 100 yards, we'll be fine. We'll win the game. I don't think they were able to think, hey, James Cook can just absolutely cook us on the ground with 179 yards. I thought that was a really big part of the win there for the Bills. And it's two things, too, because it keeps the ball out of, you know, pretty good offense's hands when you can run it like that and the clock keeps on grinding. Just, yeah, it wins twice. It's a, it, it was just, I was so, I just did not expect that at all. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good season for James Cook as we just discussed right there. I mean, he's just been incredible, incredible for everyone out there. Now, I did forget the rookie patient former. I usually start off with it by start off a defensive because I wanted to give this week's rookie to Jordan Addison, six catches, one hundred eleven yards. And a touchdown. Uh, sorry, two touchdowns this week. Almost misread that there. But he was incredible against Cincinnati. He was pretty much the only player on that Vikings team, I would say. I mean, they had some other good contributors, but Jordan Addison was the guy that really stepped up for them and really was the guy that almost willed them to a victory. I mean, they just blew that fourth quarter against the Bengals. They really had it in the bag until they blew that fourth quarter. So... Yeah, it was it was close to being a match-winning performance, but Jordan Addison still gets a pastry either way. It was terrific. The problem is the only league I have him in is one where I had the bye week, so I kind of felt sad just watching him go off against nobody for me. But uh, I think that's there's still probably plenty of leagues where people are starting him, even though Jefferson's back, because like how much do you trust Jefferson being 100% Jefferson? But I can also understand the nervousness of going, well, Addison sees this uptick in volume the minute Jefferson's not there. How do I trust it's still there? So for those who still trusted, you were handsomely rewarded. Didn't you start him in the content league where you lost and got eliminated? Probably not. I also started Madison in that league, by the way. <laughs> you definitely started. Time you, to you bring it up, Taylor. You definitely had Addison in your team. Because I remember seeing it, I remember seeing him go off like 27. I was like, fucking Maddie, he's gonna he's gonna pull this one out. That's the offset. Addison and Madison. <laughs> yeah, Addison. Take, uh, you take you take twenty seven points between those two for sure, even with them both healthy. No, I would if the guy I was playing didn't drop 150. So it wasn't about my team. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean I mean big shout out out there to Kev. He had like three Lions and James Cook in that team. Like Bronx died yeah. three players on the same team and still destroyed you by like yeah. fifty. That's and the like- low score on them scored twenty two. Like it's just twenty two. Yeah. Nah, that will go fantasy. shit. I'll get him. That's fantasy, and it's fine. You know, here's what it is. I had a great yeah, time in that league. I went 10-4. and four. I had a great time. Started 9-0. and oh. My team ate, ate a big dick sandwich at the end of the year. It's okay. I had a great time. Champion of Some that league already. Eagles. Some people in the chat let you know smile. about it constantly. Did they? Did yeah, they? Apparently. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Not a Eagles style right there. Off I, only, I haven't been talking to anyone in that league because there's nobody else who's got a championship to sit around and talk to. So I'm just at the bar by myself, mate. Yeah, I know. It's been like talking to you guys about a fucking Astro for this long. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm in that club. No longer champions of Oz right now. He He's going to have to take that name out of his title in a couple of weeks. But There's no way. I'll now, always be the champion of Oz, mate. Always. <laughs> as for now, though, we got the page performer of the week. 
and putting up historical numbers here. And when we're talking about historical, only Aaron Rodgers has played at Lambeau Field and yeah. got a perfect passer rating. But Dan came in for the first time, a visiting QB who did the exact same feat. I'm obviously talking about Baker Mayfield, obviously. 22 of 28. 381 yards and four touchdowns. He did have a fumble, but that doesn't count towards your passer rating. So you had a perfect passer rating of 158.3 as the Buccaneers won 34 to 20, and he takes out the patient performer of the week for his awesome performance. Now, Baker, I do know I, I do know I'm a bit hit and miss on my Baker takes this year. I know I talk shit about him quite a bit. I know I praise him quite a bit. So, you know, this performance, he deserves all the praise in the world. So shout out Baker Mayfield for what he just did. Shout out Ian as well. Ian's fucking always loved Baker and he's just talking yeah. about the whole year and he just yeah. sits there idly by like supporting him and then everyone gives him shit and then no one talks about him and then he goes and has one of the best games you've seen out of a quarterback all season. For, for yeah. honestly a few seasons, it was absolutely ridiculous and and that team is, is playing far better than anyone predicted before the year either. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Ian for, for those calls. And yeah, Baker, honestly, he wasn't even like projected at one stage to even be the starter this year. They were talking about Cole Charles being the fucking starter. So yeah, yeah, I, I I think he's done his he's done his career wonders and he's he's shut up a lot of the haters on him this year for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been it's been a great year for Baker, I think, especially playing against the guys uh, with sorry, with guys such as Evans and Godwin. I think with the Buccaneers playing in such a low-stakes division as well, there's not much pressure on them to win as much because they're pretty much like real close to getting a playoff spot despite having a losing record. So, honestly, for the Buccaneers, like they, they've got a good chance of making the playoffs, and that is so weird to say, even though they're 6-7. and seven. I mean, even the wild card too. Like, they, they would even make the playoffs as a wild card today. That is how bad the NFC is right now. So, for the Buccaneers, there's not as much pressure on them to make it. I mean, there's heaps of pressure. They've got the Saints pissing right in their corner, and the Saints have uh, got the tiebreaker, don't they? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, yeah. the Buccaneers got the tiebreaker. That's Buccaneers right. Buccaneers yeah. got the tiebreaker. Yeah, I thought. They meet again, though. They will, yeah. They've got all That's... kinds of pressure. Yeah, I'd hate to be. I'd rather be a Jags fan where everyone's at 8-6 and six than a uh, Buccaneers fan. Yeah, I'd be shitting myself. Yeah, the Saints, are, the Saints are also tied for the playoff spot, but they're out at the moment. They're out on the outside looking in. So, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting proposition. Kind of makes me want to say, like, the South doesn't deserve a playoff game as much as the second place in the East. And that's a hill I'd die on. I'd, I'd rather be reseeded like the NBA. I'd rather it be like that where – Hey, you know, you have the better record. You should make it. You should yeah, be. Yeah, but in the NBA, team. divisions don't matter. That's why you can do that. In the NFL, divisions do matter because they're your ticket. Until they restructure the league yeah. so the divisions don't matter, you can't do that. That is fair. That and is that's an fair. NFL take. That should be for good or gridiron, but yeah. 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 No, but either way, you know, you know what I mean? Buccaneers got a playoff spot at the moment. So, yeah, it's go- it's going to be interesting, I would say. For for the rest of the season for Baker, but for this week, definitely the patient performer of the week. Yeah, I love that. And Baker, mate, I think we're going to hear his name come up a few times this week because he, 
Um, just kind of pulled that up, up out of nowhere. Plays the game of his entire career. He's never going to have a better game than that. And uh, I think people will be talking about it because he's a he's a number one pick, a former number one pick. So it's kind of cool to see that come around when uh, he's playing on this team. We're like 500. And you think, well, God, how how many games has he actually helped them win too? Like, it's it's just so funny that he's kind of finding this weird home down there. And he's probably going to be there for a couple of years now. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be so weird. Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting for Baker and his career at the moment as well yeah. when you think about that. Like, he's at a very interesting spot in his career where he could definitely be the Buccaneers long-term quarterback the way he's playing. Young enough. Also, he has to be pretty consistent, I would have to say, as well. That's what has to be in his game. He has to be consistently good for, you know, the rest of it. So, yeah. And he's in a market where there's not a lot of pressure, right? When he went to the Panthers, they thought he was going to help steer a team who were kind of supposedly on the edge of being a playoff team. He then gets cut from there. He turns up at the Rams. It's just this weird fill-in. So, you know, big market, but nobody really knew what to make of him. But he also wasn't going to be there any longer than just that moment because already had the long-term quarterback there. So he was going to be back out on his ear in 10 seconds. And he was. So he turns up this Buccaneers team where, as, as Tate says, People don't even know if he's going to be the starter. So, like, that, yeah, he's, he's just found this weird home. And, I mean, he could be their starting quarterback there for five years. No worries. In a division, it's totally winnable at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's going to be real good to see Baker. But uh, am I? Am, is it time for me to get cancelled yet? Or are we doing the tipping no, first? Go for it. I think, I think we'll do the tipping first, right, Matt? Yeah. All right, I'll toss in a drop and we'll do the tipping first. (laughs) This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It was a bit of a loving yesterday, actually. Taylor said it was a bit awkward that he kind of felt like a bit of a third wheel for you and I kind of just reconnecting after all this time. Yeah, you guys (laughs) holding hands over there on the first date, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor's like, third wheel, third wheel, this is not awkward. (laughs) There you go. So this is the time of week where the G'day Gridiron team get to um, get out and do their dance. And also Taylor gets to once again talk about how he's really, really happy just to jettison the other players on his team. Yeah, uh, so I'm just going to shut up and let you guys drive it. It was an interesting <laughs> week, though. Lots of roundabouts. Yeah, it was a very, very, very interesting week. I mean, Taylor, once again, at the top, 120 points. So was Brad as well at 120. So we, 12 correct. We did the exact weeks. same tips in every game. We didn't get yeah. one thing different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I I dropped a game uh, compared to you guys because I took the Broncos against the Lions for some reason. I mean, I I was I was pretty confident actually when when Taylor appeared on Good A Gridiron last week. I was pretty confident mm-hmm. in the Broncos, but then Taylor said he pivoted to the Lions at the last minute. I was oh, like. Dude. Ah, uh, shit. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the Lions. After the start of the game, I was like, yeah, Lions are going to, like, absolutely smoke them. I wasn't sure about the Lions coming in, but, you know, they did their job. They they came in pretty well. And, yeah, they just absolutely smoked them. And then it got interesting after that. It was Maddie C in fourth place. Very pleasant surprise there, Maddie. You usually... Fighting out for fifth place, but this week in fourth place, you've been pretty, you were pretty good, Maddie, this week. So, do I give I'm you bad. a foul? 90. Yeah. Wasn't 90 bad. A lot of the ones I got wrong were ones everyone got wrong. And then, uh, really only stuck my neck out on the Jags and the, um, and the, the Cowboys. So, that were kind of the ones where I took a gamble. Yeah. And then, Ian, 
you know, eight and eight, he actually pretty much carried our team, I would say. I know me and Brad got more points. All right, hear me out. I know. But I, I think Ian actually did real well because he was the only one to pick the box. I think that really helped us to solidify our lead a bit more, getting one of those. I know he missed on a couple of, like, 1v5s as well, but he did a real good job with that one. I think he really did um, did solidify our lead there. He, 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 me, and Brad were pretty much on the same page a lot. I think, I think Ian did carry us in that respect with that one tip, which did solidify our lead a bit more. So I'm pretty, pretty impressed there with Ian just getting that one right and getting a few more here and there to really help us out. And then Mark, he had a really tough week, boys. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly Mark with a shout out to his start of the week performance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to roast my boy Mark, but here's how his week went. Okay, so he starts off, he tips the charges, and the charges lose in the most charges way possible. Well, they actually won pretty much by getting Brandon Staley fired, but they lost by 42 points. And he was, only one, yeah, only one to tip the charges. And then the first two Saturday matchups. He actually forgot to submit just missed a tip. Him. Yeah, just missed him. Yeah, he just missed him. I reached out. He couldn't get him in the time. He had to make sure to reach out to him, right? Like yep. in the middle of that, just to make sure. Hey, Mark, you got to remember to put your tip. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a tough night for Mark. I know he was working, so I'm not gonna give him too much shit. But still, you know, it was it was pretty harsh of a week on him. He also did, I think it was a glitch or something, because I had a similar thing come up too, where he didn't tip the 49ers. I had to go back and tip the 49ers. For some reason, ESPN hates us, you know. So, you know, Mark, I totally understand if you hate the 49ers too. I mean, yeah. You wouldn't be alone. I was going to say, right, I don't know if you guys have noticed, like, when you're doing your tips, it's sort of like glitches and stuff sometimes. Yeah. And when you actually 100%. get to the bottom, sometimes it just doesn't accept like a game and that like i went through this upcoming week i i do mine pretty early and then i change them if i need to and yeah. I, I went to i got to the end and it said i'd put in 12 of 16 i was like what yes the fuck? yeah <laughs> happens like, to me. Okay, i have yeah. to go back through and actually look it's it's real weird it like jumps and stuff up and down and it it uh, yeah. it's sometimes just blatantly like it'll it'll have a ring around it and then all of a sudden it'll just disappear and you're like what the fuck just happened yeah that's what happened to Mark I'm pretty sure that was just yeah so I'm not gonna give him too much shit about not tipping the Niners because I had that same glitch as well on ESPN so yeah he was pretty unlucky with that one I know he would have tipped the Niners so. I know Maddie did the same thing one week when we played the Giants the Thursday night, and then Maddie was like, "Yeah, that's I'm a protest." I hate them. It wasn't. It wasn't an accident. That one. <laughs> that one wasn't an accident. Yeah. No, that was a protest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, nothing really changed at the top. Me and I'm, I'm just one point ahead of Brad, neck and neck, and then uh, what? Me and Jot's five points behind me. Four points yeah. behind Brad. Yeah, I'm then- six now. It's six. So, um, yeah, the standings at the moment overall: Taylor, hundred forty-seven and seventy-seven. Hundred, sorry, fourteen hundred and seventy points. And then Brad's fourteen sixty. So, one hundred forty-six and seventy-six. I'm right. at way back. I'm five behind Brad. So, I'm at one hundred forty-one eighty-three. So, fourteen ten. And then 
<clears throat> where's the real point of differences between me and Mark at the moment? Because Mark is at 135 and 84, so he's at 1350. Then Matty C, he's at 130 and 91. Ian's at 130 and 94, both on 1300 points. So, yeah, really the difference. I mean, you're one ahead of Brad, but I'm six ahead of Mark and Maddie and T- Ian are tired. So that's really where it is. In the middle is really where the whole difference has opened up. Yeah. How is the is there three tips you just didn't do during the year or something, Maddie? Why is your lot loss so different from Ian's? Mate, I'm going for percentage. So if I'm uncertain, <laughs> then I just don't tip one. And then I might not get it right, but Ian also doesn't get it right. But then I don't get it wrong. Great. Wonderful. At the end of the year, my percentage will be far better than his, and that'll be a tiebreaker. You watch. (laughs) Player check is over there. Yeah, 100%. So he's got 94 wrong. Matty C doesn't. So it means that his uh, win percentage will be far worse. (laughs) Matty C just playing checkers. Right. Yep. Checkers against himself. (laughs) Chess against you, chuckleheads, mate. (laughs) Not even chess, Matty. No, nah, it's like 3D chess. You fuckers don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Mate, Tate, dog shit team, Justin Fields and Cole Komet, what are you fucking doing? Nothing better than a bear stack. Dolphs went from the pastronaut to the astronaut, <laughs> pretty much. Aussie? If you drop a bad enough fart in a dome, is that the world's biggest cupcake? Oh, man, those are two of my favourites yeah. this year. <laughs> NFL? Washington are uh, one of the worst defences I've ever seen. Taylor's waiting for the fireworks. That's what he's waiting for. He's like, what, what, what? who are you? <laughs> yeah, I can't even break my popcorn out yet. Fantasy. A yeah. cracking start to this podcast, and I yeah, use those Dave. words. Crack. Yeah. Mate, I, I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Mate, I've got an eye concern. Uh, pants off and get on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you say ass problem? I'm, I'm desperate to see what this, like, throwing your career off a cliff looks like, man, Jot. So I'm just yeah. going to shut up for a minute and let you take this over. Because yeah, it all starts... Where did it all start? Was it Instagram? Was it X? Where, where did it all start? Oh, yeah, it was X. It was X. So... This week we got shit. We got the shit sandwich patient performer award, as we like to do sometimes in this program, just to make sure you roast someone. All right. So this week's shit sandwich award has to go to the dumbest tweet of all time, Rashad Mendenhall out there running back, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, talking massive amounts of shit on Twitter this week. I mean, all right. I mean, it's pretty funny, all right, what what this guy is just doing, all right? He fumbled away a Super Bowl back in the day. Now, he goes on Twitter. He says that he is t- sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all aren't even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white ball so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better Ooh. than your... So that was the dumbest tweet I've probably seen Ooh. all season. Rashad Mendenhall just going out there and saying that we should have an all-black versus all-white bowl, which is just absolutely funny. So, look, with dumb tweets comes an even dumber response, and here's my response. So what I did to make sure we had the best possible matchup here, I have 
the all white versus all black fantasy football matchup for oh. the entire season. <laughs> so it's going to be based on points total for the entire year. Here we go. So here's the all white team. So okay. Uh, full disclaimer, everyone. There's some guys where you know. I didn't exactly know their race, but like, you know, I, I put them in like all white or all black. There might be a few that you guys might disagree with. I know that, but you know, I, I just tried to make it, uh, I just tried to do as best as I could with the points and everything. So here we go. All white we're respecting team. diversity, but we're sort of having to nudge people one way or the other. Cause you know, it's not like being pregnant or not pregnant, right? There's or, or like a car being stopped and a car going. It's not that, that clear. Yeah. So, so we've had to do a little bit of massaging. Yeah, that's exactly okay. it. Thank you, Maddie. Is that the way to yeah. describe it? Yeah, so the all-white team at quarterback, QB1 on the season, Josh Allen, 337 points of the season, running back one with the most fantasy points in the season overall as well. Of course, Christian McCaffrey, 353 points. Then Austin Eckler, I put him in as running back too. He is like half white, so he counts here. 158 <laughs> fantasy points in the year. Then wide receiver Adam Phelan, 203 points. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, 141 points. In the tight end slot, I put TJ Hawkinson at 209 points. In the flex, Travis Kelsey at 205 points. And at kicker, Brandon Aubrey, 148 points. To make a total of 1,754 points for the all-white team in fantasy. Okay, so, okay. So pretty respectable, um, pretty respectable output there by the all-white team there. So let's look at the all-black team. They did, they did pretty well as well. Let me just say it. Jalen Hurts, 326 points at quarterback, running back. Raheem Mostert, 256 points. Running back to Travis Etienne, 237 points. Wide receivers, this is where they get really carried here. You got Tyree Kill at 323 points. CeeDee Lamb at 302 points. And then in the flex, of course, Keenan Allen, 279 points. Tight end, Evan Ingram, 177 points. And that kicker, I decided to go a bit... Into Young Way Koo. I mean, I know he's not black at all, but like, I, I was like minority, you know. Just okay. I sent off memes, so 105 points. But in the end, the all black team takes it out here in fantasy football 2005 points on the season. So, if, if Rashad, if you want to know your answer here, the all black team would absolutely smoke the all white team. Okay. I think I think Rashad was maybe onto something here with, with his tweet. I think he was maybe onto something. He he, he just he knew that the all black team was gonna win. So I just I just did the research. I spent like about ten minutes. I put an Excel spreadsheet and everything. And really, I, I think there's enough proof there, boys. Rashad Mendenhall actually knew what he was talking about. Oh, See, we're not hating on his tweet to all of a sudden doing the research and going, well done, great tweet. And going, right, segregation bowl, it's on. Let's <laughs> go segregation bowl. That's it. Oh, That's it. That that definitely took a, a, a few U-turns. I was not expecting yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, can I just say, too, like, tight end, a strange position of strength for the all-white guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That was really hampered by the, the injuries at running back and why we didn't second white running back. The tight ends gave them their flex slot as well. Who puts a yes. tight end flex? Only the old white team, it seems. If it was two flex, I reckon you'd stick a third tight end in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could get exactly. Mark Andrews. Exactly. But then they'd, they'd get smoked or by Sam LaPuata. Having like another another like flex slot, the old black team just could put another wide receiver out there. It would just be or like, running back. I mean, <laughs> or running back. Yeah, <laughs> but who wouldn't want to put AJ Brown over the running back? Whoever the other running back would have been, I think yeah. it was it was Rashad White. Yeah, you would have put you would have put oh AJ yeah over Rashad White. So one hundred and ten yeah. times out of one hundred, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I went into a bit of controversial territory, boys. But I just thought, you know, after seeing that tweet, and, and it was just like last minute. I was like, what if we just did this in fantasy football, all white versus all black? I just wanted to see what or how close it would be. I, I mean, my bet was on the all black team, to be honest. But I, I, I did have to say, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. To see that the margin was was still it was two hundred and fifty points, which is about point. I don't know how many points per week. That's like uh one point five points per week or something. No, no, ten. Ten points per week or something. So fairly close there. Yeah, you're talking to maybe a point and a half per player per week. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Manny. Someone else doing something like that. Point and a bit. There per you player, go. Per week. So yeah. Taylor knows a there's no uh, surprises here that you'd be on the All Blacks, right? Because a Kiwi fan, you, you're a cheer for the All Blacks, right? Oh, absolutely. Although, you know, the soccer, the soccer? team is the All Blacks. You're going to bring out the soccer. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's it's really tough to pick. You know, do I like rugby more or soccer more? Blah, 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 blah. Real tough for me. Uh, oh, no, nah, definitely tough. All Blacks. <laughs> Mate, um, do I get this right? The All Whites were actually the only undefeated team at the South Africa 2010 World Cup. Yes. I have brought that up sixty-seven thousand times. Uh, they, Mate, I saw the I saw the DVD undefeated in uh, a reputable retailer <laughs> in the discount cutout bin. I might add, but uh, I saw it and it was there. I was so pumped in Spain won because it gave me that title and the ability to use that till my deathbed. <laughs> That's it. So obscure New Zealand soccer uh, references. Yeah. This is how desperate we are to get New Zealand back, by the way. Yeah. Korea and uh, Vietnam, they're here to stay. But uh, New Zealand dropped Shout off out. and they never came back. Change smelts, baby. <laughs> Bring back smelts. Yeah, I love him. Get him up here. I want to buff him. <laughs> Especially when he played for the Brisbane Roar. Loved him. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, right. That's where we've yeah. gotten to. Richard, this has turned into oh, yeah. a... <laughs> yeah. Rashad Mendenhall. Oh, what? Uh, look... I think what Rashad Mendenhall is trying to do, he's trying to make himself relevant again with something so dumb. He's probably going to be more remembered for this tweet than his entire NFL career by most people at this point. That is how viral his tweet went. So, yeah, Rashad, congratulations. You're back in the headlines. Well done, Rashad. That was a, uh, that was a journey. And that is... A heck of a way to finish our first show of the week. That's the uh, the Friday one in the can, fellas. And whether Manjot's back or not, I'm not sure. Uh, let us know at Aussie NFL Fantasy Show whether Manjot should be back. <laughs> whether Manjot should be back. Um, we'll find out, mate. Your your fate hangs in the balance. Yeah. Please don't cancel me too hard, guys. I was just trying, just trying to make the show a bit more spicy. 
that was definitely spicy, mate. We'll be back for tomorrow's show where we're going to dive into the mailbag. We'll get a visit from the doctor. Taylor's going to have something tragic happen to him for 45 minutes of his life, which will be... What do you mean? Uh, it's always an adventure. <laughs> what are you talking about, Matty? I don't even know what happened to you last week. The doctor just piped on in and said something had happened to you. I don't even know yeah, what happened. No one, no one remembers. <laughs> so, so God knows he's probably going to get sucked into a sinkhole or something. I don't know, but we'll find out. And then, of course, we're back for Sunday show as well. We're going to do the top-rated segment in all of Australian fantasy sports, the starts of the week. So make sure you come back for all of that. You can find Manjot at Pastry Press NFL. You can find us at Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. You can even find me uh, at Maddie Podcast and give me a whole bunch of shit for being awful at tipping. NFL and for my strategy about going for percentage. So you can come after me after that. Uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Hooroo! Hooroo! This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. So, Maddie, I'm going to bring up a new term. I'm going to call this the reverse foreskin. You know, cross my legs thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if saying connected tissue after talking about foreskin is the greatest way to take away that. Aussie? I'll tell you everything you want to hear. I just wish sweet nothings in your ear. He doesn't have browns here, Cincinnati. No, we just played Cincinnati yesterday, mate. Oh, I'm retarded. NFL. I completely blew the foreskin a moment ago. Shot my load everywhere, yes. An absolute clusterfuck, as we call. Oh, my God. That's the choice you've got? Fantasy. That's the whole reason I did it. I was like, I'll put Brandon Cooks on his team. Matty can't possibly back against it. He had a McDonald's-related injury, and I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Absolutely. It felt like all the stars were aligning, and those stars were little bits of shit.